Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, doing Koheles, Perik Beis, starting Pasuk of Dao. So chapter 2, verse 24. We, we need, we've seen it before, we need to do a little review because the verses are connected, 24 and 25. Uh, so yeah, let's see. It's not good for man to eat and drink, which we saw the Medrash says that that means... Uh, chapter 2, verse 24. We saw that eating and drinking in Koheles is a, uh, a metaphor for the study of Torah and the fulfillment of mitzvahs, of doing good deeds. And to show his spirit as good in his toil, as complete in his toil. This too I have seen. Because this is from the hand of God. So there are different interpretations. The basic interpretation is eating and drinking means eating and drinking. It's not good for a person to sustain themselves. Uh, there's, there's, uh, not that it's not good, sorry. The, we saw the Targum says, there is nothing good for man other than to sustain themselves and fortify themselves with the ability to do good, to show themselves to others that they encounter with the ability to be osik, be shalom, to engage in the betterment of humanity. That is how a person can achieve shlemos, tov, good, is in collaboration. Lo tov, it's not good for man to be alone. Man is not a lone wolf operator, a successful man is part of society, a builder that that is uh, doing good in collaboration. And then he concludes that this I have seen, King Solomon tells us, that it is from the hand of God, meaning the hand is a symbol of strength, of fulfillment. God took us out with the outstretched arm, with the hand of strength, Yachazaka. The ability to actually achieve is given to God, all we have is the toil. Tov ba malo. We have the capacity to toil, but actual achievement is the province of God. And then he says, Ki mi yochal umi yochush. For who shall eat and who should be concerned chutz mi many, other than I. Very non-sequitur statement. What is going on over here? What, what is King Solomon telling us? So, he, in the Targum it says, Arumonhu, uh, who is it? Diosik bepisgomi araisa, that has toiled in the words of Torah. Umonhu gavra is le chashosha minyom dino rabba. And who is the man that is in trepidation from the the day of judgment, the great day of judgment, that is coming other than me. I mean, King Solomon, he says, I'm terrified, day of judgment. <laughs> Who should be more afraid than me? Interesting. Everybody else? Everybody else? Yeah, well, that's, that's what you might have thought, right? King Solomon saying, because um, I have Toiled in the Torah. Kimi yochal, who shall eat? Is learning as Torah. That's as we saw that the Medrash says. That's the standard uh, interpretation of the parable, the eating and drinking to Torah and mitzvahs, the enlightenment and good deeds. The King Solomon is the wisest of men, so certainly. He is most predisposed to delving in the Torah with fruitful result. But he's also 
coming with great responsibility. There's no room for sitting on his laurels. He's what he does or doesn't do has very far-ranging, large consequences so, for the nation. So here is ignorance is bliss in, in this. So he's saying the opposite, that, that the ignorance, well, the, ignorance is not much bliss. He's saying that, that he, he's, he is the uh, paragon of wisdom and to some degree, I think that that leads him to the concern for the future, the consequences of what he does. But that's because he's so wise. Exactly. He's read so much, but an ignorant, ignorant person wouldn't know all the stuff that he knows, so less afraid of the great judgment. And less so afraid of the consequences, right. Meaning, Chacham is Roa Esanolet. Who is wise? One who foresees the consequences, what will be born, what, what is the result. You see, what, what's going to happen? If I do this, what's going to be the result? If I do that, what's going to be the result? What are the consequences of the present into the future? That is wisdom. Chacham is roa es hanolat, sees what will be born. And King Solomon, as the wisest of all men, sees tremendous consequences. And he's terrified. <laughs> he's, in, he's uniquely placed as king of Israel that his decisions affect a lot. What he does makes a big difference and can have consequences for generations. There's an interesting medrash that says, you familiar with Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. So he was not exactly a champion of the Jewish people. He destroyed the first temple. We give him two thumbs down. Well, of course, he's the servant of God. Okay, he's the servant of God. He's doing what God wants. We should give ourselves two thumbs down because it's our fault, right? But nonetheless, he's not exactly a friend of the Jews. You know who his grandfather was? Okay, maybe a few more generations. Okay, grandparents. Great, 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 grandfather and mother. Yes, that's correct. Anybody else? Further down the chain, Adam and Eve. Noah. Yeah, Noah. Noah. Yeah, that's right. Anybody later? I know of any other antecedents. Not Cyrus. Huh? No. No. Cyrus is way later. Yeah. Baltazar is his son, right? That's that's time of Cyrus. That's the later also. Nebuchadnezzar is the first temple. The guy that walked around as a dog eating. That was him later on. Yeah. That's Nebuchadnezzar, yes. yes. In the book of Daniel, that's great. grass like an animal. Yes. His, yes. His, you have to learn some Tanakh, yes. <laughs> his uh, grandparents, I don't know. Okay, so I'll tell you. Medrash says, King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. Oh, wow. Medrash says, Malchus Sheba, the Queen of Sheba. Are the Nebuchadnezzar? Yes. Who's Queen of Sheba? Malchus Shiva, you have to learn. You have to learn Malachim, the book of of Kings. You learn a little Tanakh. Yeah, that's absolutely. It's part of what you need to do. Yeah, the Queen of Sheba visited Shlomo. Yes, the the Tanakh reveals about the visit of Malchus Shiva, the Queen of Sheba. It's uh, it doesn't doesn't speak about the extent of their relationship, but the Medrash says that they were the progenitors of Nebuchadnezzar. So, when King Solomon says he sees far-reaching results of his actions, he's a wise man, and he's terrified. What he does is, it's a big deal. And it has consequences that ripple through time. That's why the great day of judgment is reserved for later. Those ripples keep going and have very far-flung Results. So he's he's very concerned, as a wise man, from the great day of judgment.
A very small divergence from the truth at the beginning leads to great consequences later. What's that? What, what was that? Small errors. Like the, small errors. They talk about the butterfly. Flutter of the butterfly. Causing a, a cyclone. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. What's the term for that? Butterfly. Yeah. Butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Butterfly I think so. I think so. It's called. It 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 works in multi multi directional. Right. We find the medrash says that a small good act can have so much impact, even if it's less than ideal. Right. We find that Nebuchadnezzar, he did accord some honor to God and had tremendous benefit. Uh, we find others as well. We find Balak. He brought offerings to God and it it brought him tremendous benefit in terms of his descendants that he is the progenitor of Ruth 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 and King David and, and Melech Mashiach right so he he achieved a lot right Eglon stood up for the glory of God we, we find that there there can be small acts a person does that are game changers for their life we find that so it's it's hard to know God ways. The Raman tells us the scales of judgment are beyond our ability to fathom. We might know, generally speaking, this is you know goes on the scale of merit. This goes on the scale of, of uh, sin. But but what if a bad thing somebody does turns out to be a good thing for generations? That that might be a. a, a Sure, there's some positive consequence. And most things are not purely binary, evil or good. Most things so, are some a mix. Person, a person does could cause something bad to happen. In theory, it's, it's if there's some element of bad in what they did. So that's what, what can come forth from it. Right, it's not, I'm not saying that Shlomo Elch didn't have a calculus when he came to that decision uh, in, in the way he interacted with the Queen of Sheba but it does seem that there's a, a negative consequence as well uh, the Medrash is pointing out it was not a uh, necessarily wholly righteous decision on his part uh, so that's that is uh, his own trepidation as, as a man of wisdom, of uns, unsurpassed wisdom, about the, uh, the ultimate judgment. So how does, that, how does that relate to the previous verse? I mean, this is all uh, kind of giving you the reason to rely on what he just said. The key means because or for how, how does this information about King Solomon lead us to <coughs> accept what he just finished saying? Right, he, in the previous verse, 24, he says, it's, there's nothing good for a man other than to eat and drink and to present his soul as full and uh, ready, good, before other people to, to fulfill the command of God. To go in, in his way, in the in the in the way that is uh, appropriate before him, that that is constructive. That is what's good for man. And he tells us that he is, he sees that the actual success is in the hands of God. How is that all supported by the the follow-up verse? Ki mi yocha umi yachush chutz mimeni. For who shall shall eat or, or uh, engage in Torah, have this far-reaching wisdom, and be afraid and trepidatious before the day of judgment, final day of judgment, besides me? Can I? Yeah. Little Sure. If he's talking about engaging in Torah, why doesn't he say so? Why, why does he say eat and drink? It's a good question. We saw, meaning, the the derivation that that's what it means. 
we saw last time, Medrash says, here, I'm going to pass it. The Medrash says, uh, where is it? Sim Tovim and Torah. Right, it says, it's based on on the verse connecting it to um, Levaya, to, to accompanying a person, the eating and drinking accompanying a person. Accompanying? Yeah, that's that's the the verse to find where that is exactly. We saw that. Um, let's find where though. Here, uh, one second. No. On the face of it, it's kind of very hedonistic. Then it doesn't really sound the way you're turning it into. Right, the Medrash says that every instance in this book of does have that implication. Uncle says that. The, the derivation of that is, is a verse later that connects eating and drinking to accompanying somebody beyond. Now, accompanying somebody beyond, eating and drinking is valueless. Eating and drinking sustains the body, connects the soul to the body, but it does not accompany a person. Only Torah and good deeds will accompany a person. So that's, that's how we derive that that's what it means. But that doesn't answer your question. It's just telling you that it is that way. How, why did he choose to do that? Why did he choose to make, employ this allegory constantly, the constants throughout the book? That's a good question. What, what motivated him to do that instead of speaking out directly? Now, why does he employ allegory? And King Solomon is the master of mashalim, of allegory. Mishle, Proverbs. You see that the Shira Shirim, the Song of Songs, is all allegory. He, he is a master of allegory. Allegory gives us a handle on the something that's more esoteric, and, and it gives us a, a way of understanding it through means that are uh, easier to grasp. There's nothing esoteric about engaging in dark. I mean, that's... Right, but, but relating to it as food, relating to... Torah and good deeds, so the enlightenment of the wisdom of God and the action that binds us to God eternally, that, that is understandable through the, the allegory of eating and drinking that binds the soul to the body. It elevates, it, it vivifies the body. Torah and mitzvahs vivify the, the person and carry them, it, it is malava them, that's the verse that's, that's later that would would derive that idea. It's it it uh, transcends this existence. The, the eating and drinking here is a, is a handle. It's a way of understanding. If you would just say "tar and good deeds," maybe your eyes would glaze over and you wouldn't really understand how that's so important. But everybody knows food and drink is critical to existence. It's it's a an imperative that, that cannot be overstated almost. So that's, that's why I think he's employing this allegory um, in, in a manner that, that people don't underappreciate. Yeah, what are you saying? Um, I also think it's possible in this that he means it on the Peshat level. Um, the simple, the plain meaning that is really just food and drink. Um, now, and the two are not necessarily contradictory. The, the allegorical can be true, and the shot can be true, which, which is primary. In this one, unlike Shirashim, I agree, it's mainly Mashalim. It's mainly the, the allegorical is primary. In Kohelet, I think the allegory is secondary, and the uh, the uh, shot is the primary meaning. But um, because eating and drinking are being opposed to hating life. This is because I turned in, I hated life. Some people hate life, they don't want to eat and drink. And it's opposed to hoarding, gathering, uh, you know, what good is collecting all this property than just to feast his eyes on? Be a simple, ordinary person, eat and drink and enjoy your life. And uh, so as opposed to hoarding wealth, 
opposed to hating life, opposed to pursuing um, uh, uh, knowledge, and opposed to pursuing folly. Uh, think about it. Like right. Just eating and drinking, it seems so basic, but to someone who's gone through all of these these things, it's like sort of revolutionary just to be content. To be content, like right. sitting and be content with eating and drinking is paradoxically counterintuitive to someone who goes through what he went through. That, that, that is also certainly an advantage of using uh, a parable is that it lends itself to more interpretation, like you're saying, even on a basic level. The key to understanding that generally it is interpreted as Torah and Maisim Tovim, study of Torah and good deeds, is where the, there's a breakdown. That's actually in chapter 8, verse 15. It says, oh, right. yeah, we saw it's that. not, there's no good for man under the sun other than to eat and drink and rejoice. And it will escort and accompany him in his toil. It, this es- escorting is the, the Achilles heel, as you, if you will, of interpreting it as Pashup Shat. Shot, yeah. It, eating and drinking doesn't escort a person, does not carry a person. No, but the eat and drink Torah does. That's and right. So that's where it is the mashal. Well, is. Why not? Eating and drinking does carry a person. If you don't eat and drink, you're not going to be able to walk. Right, but, but not, not to the world to come. Oh. Not, 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 right. It's, it's uh, of in course. His toil, it says, escort him in his toil. Where does it say, escort him in his toil? Yimechayev. For the days of his life. I mean, that's the. the, the At the end of his days of his life. Beyond, beyond. Whereas the knowledge, you have chokmah, you have knowledge, it, it'll be with you your whole life. Whereas food, it lasts for eight hours, ten hours, and then, and then it's gone. So the strength that, is, needs to be real. Right, it's not that you can't understand it at all on the pashat level, on the a simple interpretation of the verse, literally as food and drink, but the, the breakdown in understanding it that way, in this verse, in chapter 8, verse 15, lends itself, the Medrash says, by, by us actually in the second chapter, to declare that it's a broad-ranging parable in, in the entire book. Not exclusively, yeah. not, not to take away from Pashup Shat, but to understand that there is a parable going on over here that we need to look at it. Like, like you said, there are different ways to understand it. That's, uh, that's important. So, so yeah, getting, getting back to the the question of how these verses are connected, he's telling us a very big revelation about how man achieves satisfaction and completion. Shlemus, tov. How does man become good? Man needs to become good. Good in the biblical sense of complete. When God created and he saw that it was good, it means the work is completed the need for further creative activity within that aspect of creation is ceased because it's done, it's good. I don't remember who it was, some, some famous sculptor. The, 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 I guess he was uh, chiseling uh, through rock in order to create the bus that he was working on. I asked him, how do you do such a masterful job? He said, well, I just remove whatever's not the face that, or you know, bus that I'm trying to create. Peeling away what's extraneous yields the perfection of what he's trying to achieve. He stops when it's done. So the creative act is concluded. The name of Shakai that says enough, that's when you have good. So good enough in a divine sense is the end of creation. Enough. The creation is good and complete at this point. It does not say that by man because man needs to complete himself. Being created in the image of God, we need to also be creative. There's an aspect of truth in spite of the distortion of the snake, the, the bluff that he was selling, but there is an aspect of truth. Man needs to complete himself, to create himself, that to make himself good and complete. King Solomon is telling us in his wisdom, There is no good for man other than, it's a sweeping statement. So he needs to back himself up. And the next verse is where he's saying, because because who is in a position to to for, who has a better vantage point to make this declaration than I? That is what he's saying. King Solomon, who is the wisest of all men, has the foresight. He is in trepidation 
of the final judgment. So when he talks about what's good for man, what is the completion of man, it's, it's a sweeping statement that shouldn't be brushed aside as uh, you know, uh, an exaggeration or, or something that's uh, a platitude. He's saying, I'm, I'm at a unique vantage point with mm-hmm. my wisdom and uh, fear of consequences. Don't think that I'm being flippant when I'm telling you that this is the only thing in a, in a, a broad sense of directive of life. There is no good at completion for man other than this uh, perspective that needs to be actualized. Eating and drinking, yes, physically and also in Torah and good deeds. But the, the conclusion, Veheres nafsho tov ba'amolo, to, as, as Targum says, the interaction with other people that he's encountering, God is putting him in his spot for a mission, he needs to be receptive to that mission at all times. And he needs to fortify himself to fulfill that mission. That is how a person achieves completion and good. King Solomon says, I have the, the foresight and wisdom to tell you that this is, there, there is no other, uh, other methodology of, of achieving completion for man. And don't think that, that I don't care about results. That I'm just... Uh, kind of an experimenter, tinkerer that's casting uh, concern to the wind. No, I am concerned about the end results. I am afraid of the ultimate judgment and looking at the consequences of actions or inactions to the end of time. So that's, that's why he's, he's supporting, trust me when I tell you, Ein tov ba'adam. This, this is the only thing that is good for man. There is no completion for man other than through that. To show his soul as good and complete before people in order to fulfill the command of God, to go in the path that is placed before him to do good. So that, that is the, the follow-up of the verse, Chavhe 25. He's, he's uh, giving us his credentials, as it were, why he's qualified to make such a sweeping statement. Kila Adam Shetov verse 26. For, for the man that is good before him, before God, he is given wisdom and knowledge and rejoicing. And for the sinner, or for the one that misses the mark, he has placed a matter, a vexing matter as it were, to gather and hoard in order that it be disposed to the good before God, this also is hot air and the vexation of spirit, this uh, hoarding for, for uh, no, for, for that, that ultimately is of no benefit to the one who is toiling. For a person toils without their own benefit, so that's hot air, that's, that's a waste of their own energies. So that's lachote for one who misses the mark, for the sinner, as it were, who is engaging in toil. A man needs to toil. He's born to toil. He will toil. But for what? That's, that's our free will, our choice. So, for the one that is good and complete before God, he's given the wisdom, the foresight, the knowledge, the understanding, uh, the, the, the ability to uh, experience and rejoice. The, the rejoicing is the ability to live in the moment. Whereas the sinner is hoarding, but it's not going for him. He's, he's not going to derive benefit from his toil. That is a vexation and, and a hot air. It's, it's a, it is a consequence of being chote. If a person sets up his toil to be not... Uh, fulfilling, he's, he's going to ultimately uh, marginalize himself. That's what he's doing. That's what every sin, what is a sinner, somebody who's missing the mark, they're marginalizing themselves by, by getting it wrong. And it's a gift. That's what he's saying. Nosan, God has given wisdom and knowledge and rejoicing. 
it shouldn't be taken for granted. A person who is wise-hearted is granted wisdom. And a person needs to pray for the, the divine gift, wisdom, understanding, and rejoicing. It is ultimately a gift. A person shouldn't uh, view it as their, their own province. It's, uh, it's a completion. It, it is a gift for, for the one who is good before him, who is complete before him, to be given these things. And the Targum says, For the man that is takin, that is working, that is uh, in working order, to a good man that is functional. His service is, is in order before God. God has given wisdom and 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 uh, knowledge, ba'alma in the world, hadain this world. The the uh, the abilities to succeed in this world are a gift from God, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Uh, like the Natsiv said, Natsiv, he, he said, uh, in contrast to the masculine, that we're focusing on, on Hebrew grammar and literature, and that's why they, they looked at the prophets, but they didn't really look at a lot of other things. They weren't very t- particularly interested in Jewish law, but the, they looked at you know, the value, the aesthetic value, poetry of Isaiah, things like that. So they looked... Uh, disparagingly among at the students of the Talmud saying well they they don't know uh, grammar Hebrew grammar but then Siv was a master of the Hebrew language and they asked him how do you do it you know you're spending all the time learning Talmud how do you have such a fine command without having applied yourself so he said that the the one who goes to the butcher, the way I heard something along these lines, the one who goes to the butcher gets the butcher paper for free. <laughs> right? So how do you get that paper? Well, if you want to get butcher paper, you got to buy it. Right? You don't just get butcher paper. But if you're getting the meat, then you get the butcher paper free of charge. It's a gift. So, so the one who is good before God yeah. is given these gifts to have the wherewithal to succeed. That's, that's, you get the butcher paper free of charge if you're buying the meat. So if you're applying yourself to be good before God, to be complete, find a way to be osik b'shuba shalom, to fulfill His will, whatever circumstance you're in, you'll be given the wisdom, the knowledge in this world. That's the gift. V'chedva im tzadikaya l'almo and rejoicing for the righteous in the world to come. That's when he says, V'simcha, the rejoicing, is also a gift. He says that's, that's for the righteous in the world to come. That's the Targum is understanding it. Ulegavra, chayava, for the man who is guilty. Yoav gavon bish, lemech nash mamon. He's given over to the evil of acquisition and hoarding of wealth. Mivsa Kinyon, Sagi, to just make more and more acquisition. He's struggling and toiling and working with long hours to acquire and acquire. The Meve misnesiv mine, in order that it be taken from him. Meve misyohiv lekvad de shapir. Given over to one who is pleasing. Yeah, so in order to be taken from him and given to a man that is better before God. This too is, is a, a, a fleeting nothingness for those that are guilty. And it breaks the spirit. And it's, it's a, 
a toil that is not rewarding. Uh, yeah. Um, this is Psalm 127, which is written by Shlomo. So, and it's uh, to the same point. He says, "Im Adonai lo yivnei bayit shab amru bonavo. Im Adonai lo yishmar ir shab shakad shomer. Shab lachem ashki mekum acharei shere uchle lechem hazavim. Ken yitain li dido li dido shena." Behold the, the reward of the Lord, the inheritance of the Lord is sons. The fruit of the belly is his wage. Um, so he says, Mi Ahush, Mi, in fact, Ohelet, to a question, then I should talk about it. Ki Mi Ochal, Mi Ahush, Kuz Mameni, for who eats and drinks aside from me. There's an aspect of, well, love. What about love? It's not just about getting wisdom or folly or property. It's about uh, relationships. Um, what, how are you translating min yachush? I don't know how to translate that. Who eats? Yachush is like a chashasha. It's a chashash. To be choshesh could be uh, to be concerned of, concerned with like, if somebody has a headache, <coughs> that if they're focused on their head, if they're feeling their head. But khshash is a, to be worried or concerned about something. Mechush, ba'almas, just a little under the weather. Miyachush, and who should be concerned or who is the intrepidation other than him? It's, it's okay. So who is eating and who is worrying himself over it? Is that an adequate translation? Well, me many, chutz me many, other than I. Other than I, who is who is eating and who is who who who's who's all this worry for other than myself? So it, I'm reading it as a rhetorical question. Is that um, Psalms one twenty one uh, or twenty seven? I'm referring to Psalm one twenty seven to uh, to illustrate this point that I think Solomon is making. Kohelet is making. Well, there, there is a debate over here. I, I was saying over the tag when Rashi says it in a different light, Rashi says this is the declaration of the wicked. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says, Kimi oh. Why shouldn't I live it up like old King Cole with eating and drinking, merry old soul? Right? I should, who should be quicker to to have my instant gratification than me. Chutz mi meni, mi baladi. Zu midas harashayim, says Rashi. This is the disposition of the wicked. She'osum chachirim. They gather, but ultimately it goes to others. They're, yeah. they're in gather and hoard mode, and without chachmat, missing the mark, they end up not actually yeah. benefiting from their toil. Yeah, so it could be the declaration of the wicked and then Solomon is quoting it in order to refute it as, really, is this it? Like a rhetorical uh, right, that's the, um, device to refute the, that proposition. Or, or to, to, to buttress the previous statement. That's the structure of the verses. Ain't yeah, Adam. to buttress the previous statement. Oh, well... Well, actually, according to Rashi, I mean... The, you could look at it that way, but Targum is learning it all, Benichusa, all in a straightforward way. Rashi is saying um, that that this verse is uh, is the declaration of the wicked. Ain tov adam bitmia, Rashi says in verse twenty-four. This is in wonder. Kimulomar yitin libalasos mishpat tzdaka ima machal mishta. So, what's the uh, the context over there? Let's take a look at Jeremiah twenty-two fifteen. That's where it is. Yeah. Would you get a notepad like that? 
this was gifted to me from a friend from my Hebrew conversation group because it has uh, like the Hebrew letters on it. But these can be got from any uh, like Fred Meyer, like English in, ones. In line with right. that, yeah. So the the prophet is saying. The key thing is. Do you think you are more a king because you compete in cedar? Your father ate and drank and dispensed justice and equity. Then all went well with him. Then it continues. The next verse. He upheld the rights of the poor, the evion, and the, the destitute. Oztov, then it was good. Hello, he adas Osi Neum Adonai. That is truly knowing me. Uh, yours truly God. So the the uh, exemplification of this verse is the is the king of uh, as as Yehoiakim is is being exhorted to emulate his father. To, to do what this verse is saying. This is Tov Adam. Eat and drink in, in a, even in a physical sense, you need to sustain yourself. Elijah the prophet was on a, on a journey. He was going on a long trip and uh, he was told, eat, eat more. It's going to be a while till you can eat again. You have to prepare yourself. You can't go fasting for 40 days without eating. So, you have to eat and drink in a physical sense if that's what's needed, even if it was miraculous, but a person needs to take care of themselves to be able to do good. It's a, if a person uh, doesn't take care of the horse, it's going to drop dead. Right? If they don't take care of their body, they're not going to be able to serve God properly. The Ramam says, to know God, to go in His pathway, you have to preserve and protect the body to be able to serve. So eating and drinking on a basic level, but also in the... Torah and Meisim Tovim is also correct. Uh, th- th- this verse Rashi is, is saying is uh, there's nothing better than in contrast with the idea of the hoarder who's, who's not mm-hmm. presenting himself to the world. Whatever he encounters as a way to be able to, to do good, that's he's just going to be hoarding for himself and he's not going to get anything. It's it's just going to be a, a waste of energy and a toil that he doesn't benefit from. That's the way Rash is learning that this this verse twenty five is oh. it's not reflecting, meaning that he's he's supporting it, the idea of verse twenty four, by presenting the folly of the one who declares verse twenty five. That's. Uh, many and according to Rashi, does not mean other than I, Solomon, but it means the wicked one saying, other than me. Just, oh, this is really good. This Midrash is really good. Can I... Uh, where are you? Interpret it. Um, uh, in, 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 uh, um, right there. So, he says, uh, Abraham is the Ish Shetovlo, and the one who wants to hoard is Avimelech, and what is Shnetain Tov Lefanav? That's Yitzhak. Yitzhak is, is um, he gives him good for his labor. But the one who um, hoards, that's Abimelech. Um, and then likewise, Jacob is the one who is good. He gives him he gives him a, a, an inheritance, I suppose. But who is the one who wants to hoard and acquire? Levan. Levan. Correct. So what does Levan get? He gets nothing, but Yaakov gets um, twelve sons, and he gets mm-hmm. he ends up with much wealth. Uh, right. The Medrash is is bringing a few examples, like you're saying, of of different foils in historical context, exemplifying this verse. Correct. Yeah. I'm still in a midrash. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever read a midrash, and like understood it. I'm like uh, getting uh, attached to it now. I'm gonna go buy one of these probably for myself. So if you want it back, you have to take it from me. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, 
Yeah, stealing is not recommended. <laughs> no. But um, acquire kine hokma. Right. M is kine. Right. Bina. Yeah. The. Uh, the frame, the frame of mind that the wherewithal to achieve what you need to achieve is it, it, it highlights the focus on Amalo. Man's province is strictly the toil. That really is what, what all we can do. The, the actual success of our of our enterprise is is up to God and a gift of God. That's that's important to realize. It, it's uh, a, a a totally different uh, perspective than the one who is acquiring. And hoarding, which ultimately will not benefit them, uh, one recognizes all that one has is the the ability to toil. And Rashi, Kitov, Kila Adam Shetov Lefanov, Lifnei Elohim Aniskar Malo, Kim Yado Elimi. It's subsequent to the verse we just had in twenty four, that says it's from the hand of God. That the the gifts of actualizing successful results that's up to God. It's from the hand of God. Yomarachulin says, Davzayin, a man can't lift his arm or foot without the decree of God. It's, it is that empowering action, uh, empowerment of action is actually uh, an illusion. We can't achieve. Anything we, we can toil towards achievement, and we must. But that the actual achievement is is a gift of God. the given wisdom and knowledge and rejoicing. Rashi says, "Lev lasuk a heart to toil and engage in the study of Torah and the fulfillment of mitzvahs of commands. Vilismach bechelko, and to rejoice in one's lot." The machel the mishtok susnakia, with what we have to eat and to drink, and in good clean clothing, and these are basic necessities that we should rejoice with what we're given. We we, we have uh, if if the the juxtaposition of all this is. Um, is interesting. The way Rashi is learning, these are all gifts. Nosan, God is given. Uh, a heart to toil in Torah and to, to pursue His commands and to rejoice in what we are given. Right? That's, that, that is uh, all part of the gift. That's... Uh, He's equating that. I, I would have thought maybe that it's not uh, not on parity. Maybe the, the fact that he's listing this as a package is uh, is quite remarkable. Chokmah v'das v'simcha is is all the the package gift of God. The rejoicing with what we are given is critical to the mission. It seems almost on parity with the, the the critical nature of having the heart yeah. to understand the Torah and the the will to fulfill the commands. The rejoicing is put in the same package. Yeah, because it's rejoicing helps us to to have the will. It's one thing to have the knowledge and the and wisdom. It's another thing to to desire well, to know what's good. Nothing to desire it in the simcha helps us to establish that desire. Nobody's going to do something unless they get something out of it, right? And if rejoicing is the highest thing, persons, everybody wants to be happy, everybody right. wants to rejoice in life. That's like right. the highest thing that you can achieve in life, right? right. So, so if we're, we're hardwired yeah. for, for pursuing pleasure. Yeah. That's correct. That's uh, 
That is correct. Right, we, we in fact, in the, the blessing over the Torah, we follow it up with continuity of that blessing. We continue, we say, V'ha'arev no. And, and please make it sweet for us that, that we can re- rejoice and enjoy the uh, enlightenment of your will that you're sharing with us. That is uh, critical to the successful understanding and absorption of that will yeah. in order that it not just be externalized but that it be absorbed absorbed yeah it's critical and praying for it every day like it's in the sitter once I started doing that I started it started becoming sweet to me and then also like praying for the fear of God there's no other things I did before but it happens over time it becomes sweet and um, it works Right. Quick, quick yeah. question. Sure. Um, so you're not gonna have this, right? Right. I think so. This one, I believe, it says. Oh no, that's the one that says par. And yeah. you're probably not gonna have this or this what? or any ingredients. Okay. I I don't know here. <laughs> uh, no, not this one. No. No. Although it's better than the other one. Hydrogenated soybean oil. Hydrogenated oil in general is yeah. bad too, isn't it? What was that? Hydrogenated oil. If you want that, you can have that, bro. Thanks. Yeah. Kind of no, this one I would. Okay. <laughs> Not this one. This no, one. thank you. Though. This one looks good. Kind of. But they're 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 nice to look at. Thank you. Yeah. Well, if uh, if my mom makes some, but then again, I don't know if it would be kosher because right. we use it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't okay. worry about it. Thank you. Though. What about palm oil? Palm oil's not bad. Palm oil is better than cottonseed oil. Way better. I thought palm oil doesn't leave your system because it doesn't get hot enough. Um, and palm oil no. is much more fatty, isn't it? Yeah, palm oil is more saturated. More saturated. More saturated. Yeah, palm and coconut are some are of the saturated. most saturated there are. Correct. Correct. <coughs> yeah, but it's now we're doing time wise. Okay, yeah, I think. Okay, well, when we pause over here, we got to. I would have one of these. Next yeah. coming up is uh, yeah. about Dylan's talk. Yeah? How's that? Sorry, guys. I gotta get read the next. Read the next section.